we got to see at the park, all the kids winning their bikes and, you know, all the food that was going through. I mean, we had uh, some limitations, but, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell there's limitations because the way everything just kind of flowed the way it went. So it was, it was great for everybody to be there. Uh, again, like I said, it, it's so thankful that uh, the church family can come together, you know, outside of these walls and just, you know, love on one another and just, you know, be happy outside of these walls, you know. We, uh, we want more of the world to, to see those types of things and to, to see that this church came together the way they did. You know, it was a great thing. It touched more lives than you realize that it did. So with that said, we're going we're gonna, gonna to go open up with the scripture that I have for this morning and just, you know, allow God to, to move the way that I feel that he's going to move this morning. Amen. You know, the... The message today has been on my heart for, for a few months now. You know, God has just kind of placed it. And, you know, I, I've said this before. At crazy places and crazy times, God will place something on you. And at that right time is when God is ready for it to be revealed. And after hearing last Sunday's uh, sermon, you'll understand why today's sermon will be so important. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So if I can get you to open your Bibles to Isaiah 53. I'm going to start at verse 5. Actually, I'm going to start at verse 4. And it starts like this. It says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we, we are all healed. We uh, all, we like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one of us his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquities of us all. Well, uh, you start off in prayer and then. I want y'all to, as I pray, I want y'all to really listen to those words and allow them to, to touch you because there's a reason for it. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much. Father God, I thank you for allowing me to be here this morning, Father God, given the words that you have given me so long ago. Father God, I ask that you allow it to, to touch somebody in this place, Father God. Allow them to see what it means, Father God, what this title means, Father God, what this word means, Lord Jesus. And I'm asking, Father God, that you just continue to move in this place. Father God, just allow, uh, allow you, Father God, to, to uh, uh, unwind somebody, Father God, so that they can get it. Father God, we know that you already, you've been here, Father God, that you're always here, Father God. But Lord Jesus, we want that one person, Father God, or that, that one family or, or a group of people, Father God, to understand the meaning behind this sermon. So we thank you and we praise you, Father God, and we allow you to move the way that you need to move in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Now, as you're seated, as you're seated, uh, you know, just look to your neighbor, the side of you, in front of you, behind you, just and ask him, are you ready for the cost?
Now, church, I, I know what you're thinking. The, what is the cost? You know, as, as grown-ups, as uh, parents, grandparents, you know, we go through life and we have to pay for everything. You know, the way, the way the cost of gas is going up for your home, you know, your car, there's a cost to everything that, that we have to do. If you, if you want to live, if you want to live seemingly okay, it, it's going to cost you something. You, you, you're going to have to have a job. You're going to have to do something. But there's a cost to everything that, that we do in life. From eating to going out something to do anything that you want, there's a cost. What, what we need to understand, church, is there's also a cost when we serve God. There's a cost of what we have to realize what's important to us, of what we should or should not be doing if we truly say that we want to serve God for who He is. Church, Jesus was bruised. He was beaten. He was made fun of. He was literally torn to shreds so that we could be here this morning. His life was taken so that you could sit here this morning and know that there's something bigger than you out there. Church, it cost God his own son for us to know who he is and what he was willing to do for us. As Jesus was being beaten, as Jesus was being crucified, God still smiled on what was happening I know people look at it as, you know, why was God smiling? God was smiling because of you. God was smiling because he knew that we needed for what happened to happen so that we could sit here and say, you know what? I do have a purpose. I, I, I do have a, a reason for me to, to continue to move forward. Church, what are we willing to give up? What, what, what is it going to cost you to serve to serve God or, or to be a part of something that's bigger than this. You know, church, not too long ago, a few months ago, my family and I, we went on a, uh, we went to Disney World. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of that phrase going, being thrown around, I'm that right now, what, what does that cost and or do we really have to do that? You know, you can travel anywhere around the world and it's still going to be cheaper than going to Disney World, let me tell you right now. <laughs> Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse know exactly what to do to take every single cent that you have. You know, I, I made a joke when we came back. I came back broke and burnt. <laughs> there was a whole lot of walking outside and a whole lot of money being, being taken out. But you know what? It was something that we had planned. So church, don't think that all on a whim we went out and said, hey, we're going to do this. And you know, I, I don't want you to think we don't have it like that. I promise you. You know, we saved and, and we did all this. We planned it, you know, for a, a, a year or two, and we just tried to make sure everything was done right, because we knew that, you know, it wasn't going to be that cheap, but we did it. We promised, you know, we promised our granddaughter that this is something that we wanted to do. We, we told my son and, his, and, and my daughter-in-law, this is what we want to do for our granddaughter, and we, we did it. So we, we saved, we cut stuff out, we were doing so many things that 
so we were able to enjoy ourselves. Because when we go out there, we wanted to enjoy ourselves. We didn't want to just say, oh, you know what, we can't do this because of this, or we can't do this because of this. No, if my granddaughter said she wanted to do it, guess what, we were going to do it. Pastor Daniel is exactly what I'm talking about. So as we did all this, you know, we enjoyed ourselves. But if anybody of you all know, going on a family vacation with your entire family doesn't always, you know, go the way that you want it to. You know, there's some bickering that goes on. There's some things that kind of get left out and, you know, here and there. But that's fine. Because we, here we are at the, the last day of, of the parks. You know, we're in that fourth day and honestly just tired, ready to go. We wait, and, you know, they have this big um, um, fireworks show that, you know, that honestly I wanted to see too. So, you know, I, I'm putting myself out there. I want to see the fireworks show because I remember taking my kids to it when they were younger. So I'm, I'm there. I put my granddaughter on my shoulders, and, you know, we're, we're looking at it, and I'm here oohing and aahing, and, you know, with Tinkerbell flying down, that little zip line went all lit up. And, you know, it was great. You know, it's something that I'll always remember. But church, at the end of the at the at the end of the, the show, there was a gentleman and his wife that was behind me, and he tapped me on the shoulder. He said, "Excuse me, sir. I don't know you." He says, "But I have something for you that I believe that you would want." I said, "You know what is it?" He says, "I took a picture of you and your and your baby girl." He goes, "And I believe that you would need this. You would want this because it's a memory that you would be able to hold on forever." So I said, okay, you know, his wife says, I have it on my phone. I can, I can give it to you. I can text it to you. So I said, hold on a minute, get my wife. <laughs> Church, I'm not getting caught up like that. I'm not trying to have some lady text me and, you know, especially my wife and kids right there. It ain't happening, Gavin. So I call my wife over and, you know, they did that airdrop thing with the, with the iPhones. So she gave my wife the picture. But as, as they got the picture and as they were looking at the picture, you know, my wife and my daughter-in-law and, and my daughter, they're, 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 tears are coming out of their eyes, they're, they're weeping. And it wasn't sad tears. And if you went to Facebook, you would have seen the picture. It's nothing like spectacular. But it was a picture of her on my shoulders, of me holding on to her, and something that I'll hold on forever. And church, everything that we did up to that point, all the money that we saved, all the sacrifices that we, that we put behind us, everything that we said, no, we can't do, was worth every single penny for that one moment right then and there. Everything that we went through, all of the bickering, all of the, the little disagreements, all of the, the driving, all of the walking and sweating, it was all worth it for that one point right there that I have a picture for the rest of my life that I will have my granddaughter on my shoulders on a place that she has wanted to go to since she was younger. Because we told her about this place and we got her excited about this place and we, we wanted her to understand and now I have that forever. You see, church, everything, all the, the, the stuff that I said, what's it going to cost me to do this? What's it going to cost me to do that? It didn't matter anymore because of that one moment. Well, you see, church, that's how we have to look at it as, as what God is doing for you. Everything that he has done for you, everything, all, all, everything that, that Jesus went through, all of the stuff that he had to hold just for you, everything that he endured just for you, is it worth it? 
And church, if you said yes, if you said yes, then there's some changes that need to be made. You see, church, we know what it's like to get hit, you know, when we're at work. We, get, we have, uh, you know, cuts or little scrapes here and there. You know, we, we understand what it's like to, to just, you know, feel like, how am I going to pay this bill? What, what am I going to do? But Jesus took all of that stuff for you. You don't know what it's like to have a fist on your face constantly, and there's nothing that you can do about it. You don't know what it's like to have to drink out of this cup that holds every single thing that, that's going to weigh you down and do it willingly. There's not one person in this room that would be willing to say, you know what, I am willing to take everything for everybody in this world right now so that they can live perfectly and that I will, I will, I will willingly just take it all. It wasn't. But one man, he said that he would. He knew what was going to happen to him. He told people what was going to happen to him. He told his disciples step by step by step on exactly what was going to happen. Could, he, could Jesus have fleed? Could Jesus could have gone and said, you know what? I ain't doing this. I got to go. Yes, he could have. Jesus could have said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to flee the country. I'm going to get on my boat and, and just go far, far away and not fulfill what God wants me to do. Yes, he could have done that. He could have changed everything, but he didn't, church. Family, he stayed. He knew what it was going to cost. He knew what you needed. He knew what I was going to need. He knew that this had to be done for us to be able to come up here and love on one another and hold one another and say that I'm going to be here for you no matter what. He knew that things had to change in your life. And the only way that things were going to change in your life is if he was sacrificed for you. And it pleased God. Church, we have to understand that if it cost God his son for you to be here, that then there's a reason and a purpose that you are here. There's a reason and a purpose why we need to serve God, why we need to be at church, why we need to, to be here for one another, why we need to raise our kids the right way. Church, there was a cost. Church, I was talking to, to Brother Richard out there in the back. And Jesus' life to Judas was worth 30 pieces of silver. Church, I didn't say gold. I didn't say a, a crown, a, a, a golden crown. I didn't say jewels. I said 30 pieces of silver. Thirty pieces of silver, I'm in all honesty nowadays, is is is, is nothing. I mean, gold and, and, I mean, honestly, right about now, gas is more important than anything right now. <laughs> but, but church, Jesus' life to Judas was only worth 30 pieces of silver. And now I'm, gonna make to make, I'm about to make some of y'all upset about what I'm about to say. So I apologize, Pastor D. But we treat Jesus and God the same way when we put our jobs in front of being here. We do the same thing when we do our extracurricular activities in front, of, 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 instead of being here and, and doing what God needs us to do. Come on, 
we allow other things to get in the way of what, what God is trying to show us. So basically, we're being Judas ourselves and saying, God, you're only worth this much. But Jesus was worth so much more because you are here this morning. Because you have salvation, because you have forgiveness, because you have love, and you have something here. It's worth so much more. Now, church, I'm not telling you that, that you need to quit your job. I'm not telling you that, you know, you uh, have to take your, your kids out of these sporting things, sporting events. But, church, you know... I'm going to tell some of y'all. Some of y'all don't have tournaments every Sunday. But you still ain't here. Church, some of you don't have to work every Sunday. But you still ain't here. Church, there's times where we have to take a step back and say, if it costs God, his son, to save us, to, to love us, to be here for us, then maybe it's time for me to see what it's going to cost me to make sure that I'm here and present in his word. Come on, Tortured and made fun of his, and spit on. <laughs> Church, I, I don't even have the words to describe on how I would feel on something like that, but for my, my father, my protector, my, my everything to endure it just for me, I realized I had to make some changes in my life. You know, church, and I, I told Brother Richard this, anything worth having or anything worth doing is going to cost you something. Anything worth, 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 uh, worth your time is, is going to cost you something. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, uh, pull out uh, Pastor Danny here for real quick. You know, if you know him and if you know where he came from and, and what he was about, what I'm going to say to you is, is not going to be like, okay, yeah, I know that part. But for you that don't, you know, Pastor Danny was working in the school district. You know, and he, he loved his job. Obviously, he had to because, you know, God was behind it. And he was talking about the promotions that he was getting. He was talking about how God moved in every area that he was at. He was getting promoted after promotion, after promotion, after promotion. And if he would have stayed, if he would have stayed in the school district, no telling how far this man would have gone. Because you see the passion that he has for God. I promise you he would have had that same passion for his job. He would have gone places. And if you are higher in that school district, if you, you know, you're in DISD and, and you start to get high up on, the high, uh, on that food chain, guess what? Money comes with it. Perks start to come with it. You, know, you, you start to get these different things. If he would have stayed that path, he wouldn't have been here. He wouldn't have been able to. You see, church, it cost Pastor D a salary. It cost Pastor Danny perks. It cost Pastor Danny so many things for him to be your pastor here every Sunday and every Wednesday. See, there was a cost that it, 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 he had to endure for him to be able to do what he needed to do for you. For him to be that mouthpiece 
that God needs him to be for all of us. Do you think it's easy to, to come up here every Wednesday and every Sunday and, and, and have, and have a, a message and, and have a sermon and try to do this? Church, it's not. I'm here to tell you right now. Again, I was on Wednesday and here, and I am mentally exhausted because I'm like, what am I going to say? How am I going to do this? How am I going to pull this off? That's not what I do, God. You know this, right? That's not what God said, though. He's just got other plans. But you see, you see what it costed him to be able to do this every week, day in, day out, so that we can be fed on what, what, we, what we're supposed to have. Pastor Jeremiah, you know, I tell everybody he, he's my brother, no matter what. That this dude, he, he is like my brother. You know, he's no longer here in this church anymore. He's, he's out in La Mesa. Now, church, La Mesa is probably about the size of this room right here. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Um, but he moved from this area where he had his home, he had his job, uh, uh, Laura had her job, they had their entire family here, or most of their family here. His parents were here, her parents are here. They had everything in this place. They literally needed nothing because of who he was. If he needed something, all he had to do was make a phone call and we would have got it for him. We would have bent over backwards. I would have bent over backwards for him. And he knows this. But God had a calling for him for something different. It costed him everything that he knew and that what Lord knew for him to be where he's at right now. They had to uproot their children, their lives, their, their good jobs, their, their house that they had, and go into a place where they had to start brand spanking new. They weren't going into a big church where it had the, the, the cathedrals, uh, size walls, and the air conditioning. No, they went into a church that belonged to his grandmother that was powered by um, uh, air un- uh, window units. And where they literally had to go and sweep and dust and everything else because the church had been sitting there. But it costed him something. And church, if you go and look at his page now, Kingdom Culture, you'll see that he's in a larger church now. You'll see that he has a huge following now. And you'll see that how God changed it. Now, church, one thing you need to understand about Lamisa was it was a drug-infested nothing of a town. The only thing, the only reason why it's, it's, it lives today is because of the oil field out there. But church, if you see the things that he's done to change what this place looks like now, you will see that the people are living again. You will see that, that they are having functions out there, that people are coming out and their lives are being changed every week. That as he is speaking, that word of God is placed on his heart, that lives are being changed right then and there. Church, it costed him something that more than people will ever understand. So why should we be any different? If these two men that I know, that I know could have had something great here or out there outside these walls, then how should we be any different? Why shouldn't it cost us something? Why shouldn't we look at it as, what can I do? Church, I, I say, I've said this many times before. If you're going to serve God, you're going to lose some people in your life. There's going to be some people that don't want you around them anymore. 
there's going to be some people that are pretty much going to roll your eyes every time you walk straight into that room. And sometimes what hurts even more, church, is going to be your own family that's going to do it. But that's fine. Because God is right there with you every step of the way. Church, we have to stop looking at it as, I want to hold on to this stuff. I want to hold on to my friends. I want to hold on to my family. I, I don't want to lose them. I, I don't want to, I, don't, I, don't, I can't afford to be without them. I can't afford to, to not have this. Look at these two men. Look what Jesus did for you. You're going to have to give up something. You can't be at the club on Friday and Saturday night shaking it up and, and throwing them back and doing your thing. And then expect to be at church on Sunday morning, praising the Lord, say, God, I'm here. I'm a little smelly, but I'm here. <laughs> Stuff coming out your pores. Church, it doesn't work that way. You, you can't be at, at a family function and, and, and cussing out your mom and your pops and, and smacking somebody else's kid and then be here on Sunday, praise the Lord. You're right, Pastor. You're right. Church, it, it's not going to work out that way. I, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, it. You, you can't be at both places. You can't. You have to give up something. It has to cost you something. It has to mean something to you if you want to have that relationship with God. You know what? I was at, uh, I was at uh, the other morning, I went to grab my, my daughter and I something to eat for breakfast. I went to Rose's. And uh, there, was a, there was a young lady at the, at the window, and they were talking about scheduling. She said, I don't want to, she says, I can't work nights. And she looked at me, she goes, I can't work nights. She says, because I, I want to party, and it's all about the partying right now. <laughs> I looked it over her, and I, I kind of looked at myself in the mirror. I said, look, girl, it ain't all this cracked up to be, trust me. I said, because now you still have to wake up in the morning to go to work, because now you, you chose to work in the morning. She says, oh, I didn't think about that. I said, yeah, think about that. Church, we have to make changes in our lives. We have to look at it as if God was willing to allow his son to be sacrificed for me, if he was allowing him to be nailed in that cross, if he allowed him to consume the pain and consume the guilt and consume all of this stuff for me, then I should be willing to give up some things so that I can have a relationship with him. I should be willing to say, I want to not do that anymore. I don't want to be that old person anymore. I don't want to, to be in this environment anymore. I don't want to have these things over me anymore. I want my life to be changed once and for all. I want to have that relationship that I need to have with God. Church, because I'm going to tell you right now, if you start to give up these things, God will start making some changes for you as well. If you say, you know what, wife, husband, we ain't going out there anymore. This is what we're going to do instead. Wife, husband, if, if, if this is what's causing our problems, our issues, then we need to stop doing these things and we need to start doing these things right here. Because if you start to do, as a husband and wife, if you start to do the things that you're supposed to, guess what? Your kids are going to start doing the exact same thing. Your kids are going to see what you're doing, and they're going to want to do the exact same thing that you're doing. If you're out there coming to church, and you're praising the Lord, and you're at your house singing praise and worship music, and that's how you're cleaning your house and doing all this stuff, guess what? Your kids see it, 
they're going to start to do that too. Why? Because mom and dad are doing it. If mom and dad are doing it, then, then it must be good. But if you are out there doing out, out there wild and, and doing everything crazy, your kids are going to start doing the exact same thing that you out there doing. And they can be out there just as wild as you are. You know, I, I say this as a joke to, to some of the parents, these newer parents that are having kids. I always tell them, your kids are always going to come out 10 times worse than you were. And you should see some of the faces that I get made, that get made at me when I say that. And they think back, homie, was I, how, how bad was I? Ooh. That's not going to be good. Yeah, they need all the prayer they can get because I remember some of them, some of the people that I know how they, how they were. So I can only imagine what their kids are going to be like. But church, it, it, it is what it is. Those family members that you said that you just cannot live without of, uh, that, that, you have to be, that you have to be there with, those friends that you say that are more important to you than anything in the world, if you start to make the change in your life and they see how your marriage is and they see how your kids are and they see that you're living, that, that you're starting to get things for you, their lives are going to change just as much as yours are. They're going to see you. They're going to say, you know what, I need to have that in my life. I, I, I see how the husband and wife, they're holding hands when they're going out to the movies. I want to be able to do that with my spouse. I see that the kids are, are, are respectful and, and they want to be at the church on, on a Sunday morning. I, I want my kids to do that too. So what do I need to do in order to have that? Church, you've got to give up something. It's going to have to cost you something big. It's going to have to mean something to you. You see, church, I love Dr. Pepper. Man, I love it. You know, when I was working in an office job, I would, y'all can look at me crazy, but it's true. I used to go through those, uh, there was a Sonic literally right down the street from my office. I would go through two or three of those Route 44 Dr. Peppers every day. But I would go in a certain time because, you know, happy hour. You know what I'm saying? You got to get that happy hour time because then you can get like some cheese sticks and everything else, you know. You get it all out, and, and you're good. So I would have one in the morning. I would have one in, in the afternoon, and then I would try to sneak over, you know, right before I got out of work to grab another one and just pound them through. I mean, every day, Monday through Friday. Then my pants started to fit me a little tight, so I was like, okay, I, I got to make some changes. So, you know, I cut them out somewhat, not all the way. I cut, I cut them out. I'm not drinking that many anymore. I kind of limited myself and started drinking more water. Yay. But it... it when I stopped doing it, obviously my pants started fitting better. I was able to afford more than just cheese sticks and, 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 uh, and Dr. Pepper. But there was a change that I had to make. There was something that I had to do for me. Because it was affecting my health. It was affecting all kinds of things. But it had to happen. I had to do it. It had to mean something to me. You know, I don't want my kids to have to worry about me having kidney disease or anything else. I don't want my kids to have to worry about me having to, to, to be hooked up to something because I didn't want to take care of myself. It's not their responsibility. But I had to give something up. Church, when I finally decided to actually be a part of the church instead of playing church, it did cost me something. You know, when my wife and I became the children's pastors, it costed us a lot because every Sunday we were with these kids, y'all's kids or grandkids or nieces and nephews, whatever it is now. Some of them are older, so, you know, a couple times, and I apologize, uh, Grandpa Ramos, 
you know, we would actually step foot inside the church, and he would say, oh, I'm so glad to see you again. You know, we, it's been a while. You know, it's not we were missing church. It was, we were with the kids. So it, we weren't doing anything wrong. It was just, it was a lot of sacrifice. We had to be somewhere that, we, that God needed us to be. So we didn't get to hear, you know, the word that God had placed on Pastor Danny's heart or, or on Pastor Josh's heart. We had to do something else that God needed us to do. We were building something for these children. We were building relationships with the parents of these children. We were showing these children that there's so much more than what they were seeing at home. So when it came time for VBS, church, I'm telling you right now, it was a carnival for us. Because we got to be around these kids, our kids, our normal kids, but then we also got to be around other kids that needed to see what was going on. Because they seen what was going on. Guess what, church? Their parents were in that church on Sunday morning saying, I see what my kid got. Now let me see what I can get. But it costed them something. There was something that had to change in their lives. The excuses have to start going out the window. You have to stop looking at it as, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to miss, a, a, I'm gonna miss my, my football game or I'm, gonna, uh, I'm not going to be able to watch the Cowboys play or I'm not going to be able to see the Rangers play. No, it's, you know what, I'm building something with God. Amen. You know what, the, uh, the, the tournament is, is not until the afternoon. You know what, we're going to go to church first and then we're going to go to the tournament. Yes, I understand you're going to be a little bit tired, but you know what? This is more important than anything else right now. You see, church, there's sacrifice. There's things that have to be done, and we need to be willing to do it. Now, in Mark, Mark chapter 8. In verse 34, it says, And when he called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall, uh, shall, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels." You see, church, we have to be willing to be here for one another. We have to be willing to say, you know what, I'm not Richard Benavides, the, 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 the worker, that, that, the, the, just, just the sorry old dad. No, I'm Richard Benavides, the, the son of, of the father. 
I'm Richard Benavides, the, 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 the man that God is, is molding me to be. I'm Richard Benavides, the, the, the father of, of my kids that, that's showing them, you know, what it takes to, to be here. And that's what you have to do, church. You have to take a step back of, of who you think you are, and you have to take a step forward, two steps forward on who God is trying to show you that you can be. Church, you're not just the person that's sitting here. You're so much more than that, and you have to open your eyes in order to see it. Deny who you think that you are and open your eyes to who you really are. You're a teacher. You're a pastor. You're a leader. You're somebody important. You're God's son. You're God's daughter. You're God's lamb. You are so much more. You're worth more than those 30 pieces of silver that people think that you are. You are worth the kingdom in heaven. That's who you are. Church, things have to start changing this place. You see what we're living in now. You know, last Wednesday I told you on, on how the world kind of manipulates certain things. On, I told you that incognito uh, uh, website thing that's going on. There's other ways that they can manipulate your kids. Oh, it, it, it's okay if you try this because you're just trying it. Oh, you're just experimenting it. Oh, it, it's okay if you go over here because it's just that one time. It, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Yeah, until it hooks you and then what? And then what? You know, the, the, those, 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 those vaping things that are going, oh, it's, it's, it's better than cigarettes. It's better than cigarettes. It's better for you. You're not going to have all of the, the tar build up. It's just as bad because now you see people that are actually dying from these things. Church, the world is here to manipulate everything that God has kind of placed there for you. He has put dangers there for you to see so that your eyes are open and see, okay, well, this is, this is, the, this is what's going to happen if I do this. Oh, but the world says, hey, I'm going to fix it to where you don't have to see those worries anymore, but there's going to be other worries behind the, behind the fine line. Church, we have to stop all of that nonsense. Yes, sir. We have to stop looking at this. It, it, it's okay. It's, it's just this one time. No, it's not just that one time because that one time is what gets you. It only took one time for, uh, for Judas to, to give up Jesus. It only took one time for uh, the, uh, the enemy to say, it, it, it's okay, Jesus. If you say who you say you are, then you can do these things. No. Jesus could have changed the situation like that, but he didn't. He knew what had to be done. Come on, lady. Church, he paid the ultimate price so you wouldn't have to. Church, he paid for, he paved the way for us so that you have the ability to say, it's time for me to start doing this now. Jesus has done so much that we don't see. Do you think it's easy for him to have all these things on him? Do you think it was easy for him to, to walk all of those steps? Do you think it was easy for him to try to keep his 12 people uh, in order? We can't even keep our kids in order sometimes. Can you imagine trying to keep 12 grown men? In order, man, I'm telling you. And sometimes, men, we act like kids anyways when we ain't trying to do something. I, I, I remember working for DirecTV. I remember having technicians and trying to get them to do, do their job right. Man, it was like pulling teeth. But it's the same thing, church. We have to understand what it costs. 
And then when you look at yourself, are you willing to pay that cost back? Are you willing to, to say, you know what? I can give this up. Are you willing to say, I can leave these people because they're not guiding me the right way? Are you willing to say, you know what? It's time for me to change my environment because this is just not right. Are you willing to say, you know what, spouse? Let's meet up with, a, with another, another, another married couple from church. Let's start doing that. Because if you are, then you're moving in the right direction. If you are saying, yes, I can do this, okay, then you start moving forward. But church, here's the thing is, and, and we're going to be honest with you, not everybody's going to want to do it. You know, in the Bible, it talks about the, the young rich ruler where he came to Jesus and says, you know, how, how do I be perfect? And Jesus told him, okay, you, know, you got to follow the, the commandments, you know, thou shalt not kill, you know, uh, honor thy mother and father, and, you know, so forth. And the man said, I, I've been doing this since my youth up. So then Jesus told him, well, then sell all your stuff, give it to the poor, and come follow me. The man looked at Jesus, and he thought about it, and he thought about it. Then he about faced, and he turned right back around. See, church, he wasn't willing to give up what he had. He wasn't willing to give up the stuff that he had. He wasn't willing to give his stuff away because that was more important to him than anything else. That was more important than him following Jesus, even though he knew who Jesus was. You see, church, we have to stop looking at it as this stuff is more important than God and I need this. I'm not telling you to go and sell your house and sell your car and give everything away. I'm not telling you to go quit your job. What I am telling you is if you start to put God first, then he's going to start making changes in your life. He's going to start making changes in your job. He's going to start making changes in your home. He's going to start doing some things for you that you need to see from the word go. Come on with it. The stuff here is exactly what it is. It's just stuff. Do you need it? Maybe some of the stuff you could use. Are you going to take it with you? Not one thing are you going to take with you. So if you can't take it with you, then why should it be in front of your relationship with God? All those trophies that you have, they're just going to be trophies. You can't take them with you. You can talk about all your old glory days, oh, how you used to hit home runs or how you used to make all the touchdowns and, and how you used to run track and you was like the fastest cat on there. But as you get old, you ain't that fast anymore. As you start to eat a little bit more, uh, you ain't, you ain't uh, hitting nobody off uh, and knocking them on their back. All it takes is a good win and you go on your back. But church, we have to, we have to start doing things that is going to please God instead of saying, you know what, I'm only, I'm only making myself feel worse inside. Because there's times where we've missed church so much or we have done something so much that we feel guilty trying to come in this place. That There's times that we don't even want to raise our hands because we know we've been doing wrong, but we don't want anybody to just see that. Right, right. But it's not for us to see church. 
It's not for us to, 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 to belittle you and make you feel bad. It's for us to come and, and together with you and hold you and lift you up and say, you know what? God said that I need to be here for you. I gave up some things to, to be here with you. So now it's time for you to give up some things so you can be here with me and that we can do this together. Now it's time for us to say, you know what? Enough is enough. And it's time for us to, to do this in one direction. But church, we can only do this when you're willing to give stuff up. There's a lot that goes to it. And the Lord is there with his hands right there, holding them out just for you. Are there going to be mistakes made? Yes, there are. Because I am the king of mistakes. I'm here to tell you right now. King of mistakes. I make them all the time. But he doesn't love me any less. But I'm willing to say, God, forgive me for my mistake and help me because I need it. God, I, I, I know that this wasn't the way that you wanted me to handle this. But I want you to show me how I need to handle this. And he's going to start to give you the wisdom that you need to follow through. Church, we have to stop thinking that, that we have to do everything right, right for the first time because it's not going to happen. The only person that can do anything right the first time is Jesus. He did it. Look at his disciples. Do you think they did it right? Look at look what Peter did when he sliced old boy's ear off. Was he supposed to handle the situation that way? No, he wasn't. But he did. He messed up. You see, Jesus took all of that from him. And what I want you to understand, if you don't get anything else... Jesus did it for Judas as well. He knew Judas, what was going to happen. He knew Judas was going to turn against him and, and, and turn him in and, 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 and just sell him out for what he sold him out for. But he still died for Judas no matter what. You know, last Wednesday, I, I, I was talking about accountability and, and what it means. Church, we have to start holding ourselves accountable for things that we're doing and start pursuing on what God needs us to do moving forward. You see, there's so much more that you can do. There's so much more that you have to do in this place. And it's not just sitting behind a desk and, and, and just, just, just hand-picking away. There's somebody in your office that needs to hear what you heard this morning. There's somebody in your family that needs to hear what, 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 what you heard last Wednesday or, or, or two Sundays ago. There's some people here that need to be invited into this place. Church, if you can party with these people on the weekends, why can't you party with them here in this place this morning? If you're willing to say, hey, you know what, let's go out and, 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 and have a great time. And, and you know what, and then in the morning we're going to go up and we're going to be ready for church so that we can hear something together. What do they say? If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander? Church, if, if you can do that on the weekends, then you can be here on a Sunday. If, if you can, if you can uh, uh, hang out, you know, till 2 or 3 in the morning, then you can hang out for a couple of hours in this place. Typically, some of you aren't working on Sundays anyways. You're going to go home and take a nap. That's fine. But at least you're going to be here this morning hearing something that God needs you to hear. God's trying to change your life in something. And you have to be open to do it. So see, church, we have to start doing something. What's it going to cost you? 
What are you willing to give up to be here? What are you willing to give up to hold on to God once and for all? What are you willing to do to make sure that relationship is right? Church, I gave up a lot so that I'm here on Sundays and on Wednesdays. I gave up my old lifestyle to, for God to create a new one for me. My wife gave up her old lifestyle so God created a new one for her in this place. So it's time for us to stop living on who we once were and start living for who we are supposed to become. You see, God has a purpose for every single person in this room. And outside of these walls, there's a purpose. There's something that has to be done. But it's going to take you to do it. You want your family to change? You change first. You want things to be different at work? Then change on how you come into work. You want something to change in your marriage? Start praying for your marriage. You know, I used to tell people, you need to hang around the people that are going to make you better. I used to tell my technicians all the time, you want to be a good technician? Hang around the good technicians that are out there. You want to be a good manager? Start hanging around the good managers out there. You want to be a, a better follower? Start, follow, start hanging around the people that are good followers that you see here. Start hanging out with the pastors and, and start hanging out with the people that you see that, that are, are, their lives are changed. Start doing the things that, that God needs you to start doing. Stop being who you, who you think that you are, church, because you're not just the person that's sitting here. You're not just who you think that you are or what the world is trying to tell you that you are. You are a child of God. You are so much powerful than you think that you are. You are love. Church, and that's what we need to understand. Church, the great thing about this place here, about this building, what we're at, is that we're here to be told the truth. That we're here expecting something. That when we come here, that we know that something is going to happen, that something is going to take place. Even if you walk out these doors and you go into another town, another city, you're going to know what you experienced in this place. And it's going to carry on if you're willing to accept it, if you're willing to hold on to it. Church, but I can tell you till I'm blue in the face. But you need to know that Jesus' life was worth more than those 30 pieces of silver. It's worth every single one of you that's in this room today. It's worth every single person that's watching this stream right now. You are worth everything. You're worth more than anything, that, any tangible thing that's here. You are worth so much more. Now it's time to embrace it. It's time to hold on to it. It's time to accept it. And know, and know that whatever you're giving up, that God is going to give you so much more. Because that's who he is, church. You give up 
a smidgen. And God is going to give you an overflow of what you deserve. Not what you think you deserve, but what he knows you deserve. So church, as I close, as, 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 as we get ready to, to leave today, and as you come to these altars, ask yourself, are you willing to give up what it's going to take for your relationship to be strong with God? Is the cost going to be worth it? Yes, it is. Are you willing to put things to the side and say, you know what, God? I've run long enough. I've hesitated long enough. I've felt guilty long enough. Now it's time for me to have that with you. Because church, I'm, I'm telling you right now, his arms are open just for you. And he's ready to take you exactly how you are. Broken, hurt, lost, disappointed, wanting to give up, not wanting to be here. And he says, I'll take it off from you because you don't have to live that way because my son's already taken it from you. He said, my son was already in that cross and he's already been uh, risen again so you don't have to feel that way anymore. So church, as you come to these altars, you are alone with God and God alone and you tell him what you're ready to give up and I promise you, he's going to meet you and hold you and love you and cherish you so that you are not alone.